The podcast is supported by Premier Knitting Club, a registered New Zealand charity and virtual tribe of knitters providing knitted items and fundraising for neonatal intensive care units in New Zealand. I'm Courtney, I was a Premier myself and I run Premier Knitting Club. When we donate knitting to the NICU, families are given knits for them and their baby to treasure forever and keep. And we always need knitters to help us. If you have family members or friends who are knitters and want to help, you can find Premier Knitting Club New Zealand on Instagram or Facebook. We've also included the website in the show notes. We love that NICU Mum podcast and are proud to support it. Hi everyone, welcome to That NICU Mum, a podcast where we share the stories of New Zealand families who have had babies in neonatal units across the country. Um, This episode we are talking to Ashley who after having um, been diagnosed with gestational diabetes and her baby with intrauterine growth restriction uh, was found to be slowly leaking her waters um, and was in hospital from 32 weeks until she delivered at 36 weeks. Um, And her baby was born and he was, you know, he was okay. Um, He had a couple, couple issues. The unit they were in thought he needed a blood transfusion so they sent him to another unit that's a debacle um where it turned out he didn't even need the blood transfusion so they were sent back to the original unit um so they had a few issues around that um which Ashley will tell you about she went on to have another baby born at term um, and amazingly with her second baby donated 770 litres 770 litres of milk like that's freaking incredible especially if you've been in a unit and used donor milk you'll know how incredible that is um but yeah the difference that she found between having a prem baby in a unit and having a full-term baby you can just take home in her words it just felt illegal (laughs) um but i'll let her tell her story um i hope you enjoy it so let's get into it. Okay, do you just want to start off and tell me or ask a little bit about your family and your NICU babe and everything? Um, hello, my name is um, Ashley Hope. I'm married to Kyle. Um, we have a um, five-year-old boy. His name's Mason. And we have um, a little girl, Lily Jean. She's two next month. Um, I am an ECE teacher. And um, Mason was my uh, NICU babe. So um, we had him at, I had to go back and check, it was 36, mm-hmm. 36 weeks in the end, but I was hospitalized from 32. Wow. Yeah. Four weeks in hospital. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus <laughs> no. all the other time in hospital afterwards. <laughs> yeah. That's a long yeah. time. He was your first though, right? So at least you didn't have another child yeah, at home, I suppose. another child looking to look after, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, he was my first, so. Okay. Um, and why why were you in hospital? Like, did you, do you just want to talk through your pregnancy and obviously the complications that came from it? Um, my pregnancy was fairly normal. Um, well, as normal as it could be you know, as I thought it would be yeah. sort of after hearing mm-hmm. from other people's experiences and things up until about his 20 week anatomy scan. Um, and that's when things became apparent that um, he wasn't growing quite as well 
as um, he should be. So he um, was an IUGR baby, so um, Mm -hmm. he was growth restricted. Um, And in his 20-week scan, um, they initially thought that he – the shape of his head wasn't quite quite right. Um, I think the word was cephalic. So they thought potentially um, he might um, have, like – cystic fibrosis or there there was something not quite right with the shape of his head so they wanted me to go into the hospital um so that's sort of where it started then I started having to go it was just my midwife then before all that yeah yeah. um and then that's when I got um transferred up to the hospital and I had to go to the um like unit see all Mm. the obstetricians and everything and they had one of the um senior obstetricians do um a scan on me himself so that he mm-hmm. could have a look um but it turned out that he was um breech so his head was actually stuck up um underneath mm-hmm. one of my ribs so because he was breech breech babies have a slightly different shaped head so um, yeah. but definitely the um what was making his percentages go down the most was um his femur um, measurements were like he mm-hmm. had the tiniest little legs when he was born <laughs> we called him dead like a little legs. frog yeah like tight like this quite longish body but then these tiny little um legs yeah it was so cute he looked like a little doll <laughs> um so and then that's sort of where things started going from there and, um we were being monitored really closely then became a high-risk yeah. pregnancy um which then meant that um I wasn't able to go to like the birthing unit because we were living in Palmerston yeah, yeah. at the time, um, which had just opened and we were going to um, antenatal classes and everyone was talking about, you know, their amazing births and how they were going to mm. go to the birthing mm. unit. And um, then we had this, um, the person that was taking the course, um, you know, saying, oh, everything is your choice and, mm. blah, blah, and your pregnancy. And you're like, well, actually, not I I would love yeah. to go to the birthing unit, but I have a high-risk pregnancy, so I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, was anything so said, in your antenatal classes, was anything mentioned about, like, prematurity or, you know, not really, traumatic Not really, birth? and also not, um, nothing really about um, having... Um, a c-section <laughs> yeah so we were yeah. sort of prepared for you know birth and a normal birth like most people mm. get to experience so um when I was quite upset after one class and spoke to my midwife about it and she ended up mm. calling the facilitator who then apologized in the next class um mm. because she just didn't yeah it was just the way she made me feel she obviously hadn't had anyone that was having a high-risk pregnancy before in the class so um they got us to do this exercise where you they have all these things and they get they've got like like an obstetrician or a doctor or whatever who who makes these decisions in your pregnancy and Mm. um we all did it and and we all did it separately and she was like oh yours Mm. is all wrong and I was like well actually the doctors and the obstetricians are making all the decisions pretty much yeah. about what's yeah. going to happen. I, I know he's going to be probably coming early. Um, yeah. uh, I know that because um, then also at that stage, I had been diagnosed with um, gestational diabetes. <laughs> mm. So like more likely than not, he's definitely going to be coming early. 
Mm. Um, and he was still breach. (laughs) So, um, unless even if he didn't have IUGI and GD, he was probably going to be a tiny baby and I didn't have that. He's still breach. And when they're really tiny like that, they don't, um, they don't move them. You know how sometimes you can go in and they, um, move them. They said, we won't do that with small babies. It can put them under too much stress. So, um, I knew I was going in, so yeah, it was, it was good. She stuck up for me. She's really cool. <laughs> She's really, yeah. yeah. That's what you need, um, especially when you've already got like so much stress and obviously it's difficult. It was, like pregnancy. Of, it was like the fear of the unknown, you know, we didn't yeah. know what was going to happen. We didn't know when he was going to come or what was yeah. going to happen. So, um, a uh, one really good thing was that um we did like a tour of mm. the hospital mm-hmm. um one night with our um antenatal group and they did take us in um to neonates and we had a little oh, look around so it was quite nice to sort of know okay well this is this is definitely where we're gonna go you know yeah sort of yeah. a little bit familiar with the setting of it before we actually yeah were in there living it it makes yeah. it a bit less overwhelming eh yeah, a little bit. It was def- it definitely helped. Yeah, we never had a tour because obviously um our birth was quite quick. But my friend had been in there. She had had babies in there, so I was like familiar with the unit. And I can't even imagine going in there blind. Like, yeah, you don't like know where of, anything is. You don't know where to go. It's very overwhelming. Like the lights, yeah. the noises, all the beeping yeah, of the machines yeah, and yeah. things. Like yeah, it's it's sensory overload. <laughs> mm. So yeah. you were hospitalized at 32 weeks. Yeah, his um, Doppler's um, weren't very good. Um, right. And it looks like I had been slowly leaking um, fluid, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough that um, I felt like my waters had broken. Yeah, it was yeah. just like slowly coming out um, like over discharge. a period of time. And then each time they checked me and did, um, a scan, um, yeah. in my specialist appointments, it got lower and lower until the point mm. where I went in one day and they said, yeah, you're not leaving. Mm-hmm. And I went, Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you live, so, did you live far from the hospital? Um, we were living in Foxen. So it was about four, uh, 38 Ks. So, um, oh, yeah still quite still quite a drive like a decent trick yeah yeah so um they mm. said yeah you're not going you might want to call your husband because we don't really know what's going to happen today so I sort mm-hmm. of had just got to work and I sort of had to call and be like um hi um we might be having a baby today but I don't know so do you want to come <laughs> so he um he rocked up and um lots of waiting you know yeah waiting waiting trying to find out what's happening um and then the plan was that we were going to have him at 34 weeks um Mm -hmm. and at that stage two my um gestational diabetes we were finding quite hard to um control I was having to have Mm -hmm. more and more insulin and it didn't really matter if I ate Uh, sometimes um changing your diet and things can um, help with your levels but it seemed to be didn't even matter if I was eating super healthy and it was hospital mm. food too um mm. it still they still weren't able to really get it under control um so the original plan was we were going to have them at 34 weeks and they were talking to all the specialists in um Wellington and they were saying mm. you know push her up push her up push her up push her out a little bit longer mm. a little bit longer mm. and I'd had um the steroid injections which are 
awful yeah <laughs> so painful they're not good um, <laughs> nah, not at all um and then they managed to push us out to yeah just over 36 and then um we had another scan and i basically had no uh, fluid left at all um there were no pockets of fluid um in the scan between his cord mm. <laughs> they yeah they the way that they measured it they said oh yeah no um, but you still were just like slowly leaking you hadn't had like yeah just this tight yeah it's almost like um almost like when you've been busting to go to the toilet and you know <laughs> like a little bit comes out on, <laughs> a little bit comes out and you go oh no you know it's like only a tiny yeah little yeah yeah now not a lot um and then yeah it finally got to the point where they were like oh yeah he's coming so we booked first that was on a Friday and we had him first thing on the Saturday morning. So we were like first right. in. Yeah. Um, he was happy though. Like up until then he was like measuring fine other than like obviously um, he was small, but. Yeah, he was measuring small, um, but also because I was strapped to the CTG monitor pretty much all day and all night. Mm. Um, he was actually um, compressing his cord with his hand. So he'd like fully de-stat and then all of a sudden let go and then everything mm. would be fine again. So they'd be getting me to like move around and stuff to try and get him to yeah. um, let go. <laughs> yeah. Oh. A little egg. Great fun. I know. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing, man? Um, yeah. So then we um, we got my parents to um, come down. They live in Napier yeah. um, because we didn't want him to be alone. Um, yeah. So we knew that he was going to be going straight to um, <clears throat> Skaboo there, isn't it? Um, we knew so, he'd yeah. be going straight to Skaboo. Um, so I asked um, my husband to go with him to the unit and my parents would meet me in recovery. Seems to be a common theme. Everyone I've spoken yeah. to, I did it as well. Husband go or partner please go with the baby. Do not leave the baby alone. Never mind us. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll be fine. But then I wasn't fine. Oh, <laughs> so, no. um, the birth went, the birth was okay. Um, yeah. they, he did get stuck because he was so small. Um, it was a C-section, but, um, mm -hmm. his head was really stuck, um, underneath my ribs still. Oh. <laughs> um, so they sort of had to, um, they had a registrar, um, in there, and she had to get the um, specialist to come and help because oh, she just no. couldn't quite unhook him. Um, yeah. And then when they got him out, there was no noise. Oh, you know, you're like, yeah. you're like expecting that, you know, you've seen movies yeah. and stuff and everything. You know, they, they cry. There was nothing. The whole room was silent. Oh, no. And I'm just lying there. I can't do anything. And yeah. my husband rushes off to the corner where they're working on him. Yeah. And um, he didn't um, breathe on his own for four minutes. So he was on a CPAP. Wow. Um, and that was the longest four minutes of my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I was like, is he okay? Like, mm. is he moving or anything? And um, the anaesthetist was really, really cool. Um, he was so nice. He was like, are you okay? And um he said oh do i oh, look do i look okay he's beautiful he's going he's beautiful he's got dark hair um Aww. they're just doing their thing over there in the corner like yeah. and he's he was telling me that he'd um his wife had, had baby like the week before i was like man you're already back at work 
Yeah. <laughs> your wife had a baby like last <laughs> week, man. <laughs> Just a real understanding. Um, <laughs> and he said, no, no. But, and they're also like, you know how they um, lift them up above like the curtain? Yeah. And, um, but they didn't lift him high enough. So I didn't even see him. Oh. And before they just like rush him over Wish to the corner, off. yeah. So I just didn't know what was happening, and just felt like such a yeah. long time. And then, then he finally cried, and I like took the biggest. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, then, like okay, the best you know? sound that you've ever heard. Yeah, I was like, okay, you know, like he's he's all right, you know, for now. Yeah, and yeah. Just, um, they said, right, we're going to take him now. Um, we'll, did they come we'll... and show you him? Um, yeah, they showed um me him. Um, just by my head here so we have like one yeah. little photo and he's yeah. like backwards on my head and he's so little um, yeah. he was 2080 grams so he was like wow. 4 pounds so yeah. Um, and then they whisked him off to um, neonates and I got back to recovery and we didn't know that I was allergic to what they had given me so oh um they're like oh we're gonna sit you up really slowly and I was like okay and the minute that they set me up I just uncontrollably was vomiting and oh I gosh. don't re- don't recommend after you've just had a c-section no. to be yeah <laughs> I, <sighs> I couldn't stop um so yeah turns out I can't have <laughs> the morphine stuff they'd given me it was not was it the, um, was it the morphine yes in Severodol that Apparently, oh. I'd never had it before, so we didn't no. know. Had you ever had um, surgery or anything before? Um, only like to get my tonsils out. That was the only thing. Yeah, so, so they probably wouldn't have given you. Yeah. So. Um, so then my husband was getting worried because they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah we'll put her, you know, she'll go to recovery, and then we'll bring her um, to neonates um, in the bed, and um, you know, she can see him." And he was standing there while they're doing their stuff to him yeah. and he's like where is she you know it's been quite yeah. a while now and it t- took quite a while for them to get me to stop yeah I was feeling so terrible yeah. um and then I just felt real out of it when they got me to neonates like I sort of remember seeing him um and then they're like okay we're gonna take you back up to the maternity ward now and everything was like i suppose it was sort of okay like they mm. the information we were getting was um oh you know like he's doing really well you know for a baby of this gestation you know um mm-hmm. he's got a few sugar levels because you had gestational diabetes and um he was a little bit jaundiced so when i ended up going back down mm-hmm. again to visit mm-hmm. him later on um he was on like the billy blanket so with his yeah. cute little um little sunglasses yeah. <laughs> on his eyes and um the nurse there was saying oh um you know um jaundice can clear up you know um fairly quickly my little girl had it and stuff and yeah. um, he's doing quite well in that and then i said to us oh he needs a um they couldn't get a line and there was just they were trying everything and i just couldn't get a good mm. line in him so then they said we want to put in a UVC, which is through the um, through his belly button, mm-hmm. and we were like, okay, yeah, you know, like whatever you need to do, yeah, do it. But what we didn't realize that was that once they put that in, you can't touch him. Oh, they didn't tell you that. No, <laughs> you would think they would mention that. I hadn't held was, him yet. Was he in a cot, and, like an open cot? 
um he started off um like in an incubator right and then he was sort of like in an open cot but then so he was sort of in there's like three bays so there's like yeah. the quite intensive bay and then there's like the second bay and then like the third bay is where they're getting ready to like go home so to start with he was like in the second bay and then when yeah. we went back down to see him on the blanket he was in the other one the more intensive one and we were like oh you know like is everything yeah, okay so you know and then they were saying oh we can't though. get a line in him we really need to get a line in him um because yeah. we're gonna have to give him some sugar because his levels um are not very good he's getting really yeah. low um yeah. so we're like oh okay yeah and so then they did that and we, we didn't realize at the time that once he had that yeah. we weren't going to be able to give him a cuddle or hold him because mm. the mm. chance of you bumping it and then them not being able to use it again mm. is too high so um and that meant that we didn't get to hold him for nine days oh my god <laughs> and and they the nurses were getting me to pump quite often <laughs> for him. As they do, yeah. But um no one up in the maternity ward showed me what to do. So it wasn't until I came down to neonates that they um were like, Oh, have you got any milk? And I was like, Oh, I have like um colostrum that I've um been antenatally expressing while I was in hospital because it was safe to do so because I was yeah, there for you were there. <laughs> yeah. Um they're like, Yeah, just do it, you know. And and at that time I was leaking quite a lot so um they were like you might as well be catching it and we'll give you syringes so I said I've got this but no I haven't um so one of the nurses showed me what to do but it was like a real quick like Mm. oh here's your parts this is where you sterilize it you know sit down and do this every two to three hours I had the same thing and they gave me this this like ice cream container full of these pump parts I was like I don't know what what to do with I didn't even know how to put them together or anything neither did I I had no idea what I was doing and no. they're like oh they should have shown you that up in the ward and I was like well not like no one has they yet, didn't so. yeah yeah they haven't yet like I've like just come down here so I want to see my baby you know mm. um and so everything was sort of okay for the next day and they were giving him like dextrose and um sugar to try and get his um levels up and then mm-hmm. um I sent my husband home um to get some sleep the next night probably around about eight o'clock at night yeah and um they came up one of the doctors from um one of the pediatric doctors came up and said oh um we're having some issues we think that he needs um a blood transfusion and i was like oh okay um yeah but we don't do them here um so he's going to need to go to wellington and i was like oh okay like like tomorrow you know like it's yeah, late yeah. at night oh no we've called the flight team and they're coming now <laughs> and I was my like, husband's just okay. gone home my husband's just gone home i'm sitting there by myself and they're telling me like something's wrong with my baby and Were they're gonna still, have to fly uh, to wellington you still a patient at that point yeah i was still up in the maternity ward um mm. And so the charge nurse um came and she said um everything's all sorted you know um we've getting all the doctors to sort out your paperwork um we're going to transfer you to um wellington because um they were still monitoring um you still have to monitor your um levels after you've had gestational diabetes Mm. um and because i'd been so sick i um very sick (laughs) Mm. um i couldn't really get out of um bed very well so they were set yet because i'd been 
profusely vomiting and then I also mm. got like the morphine itch I felt like there's mm. like a thousand bugs crawling across my body and they ended oh up giving God, me flannel so that I could scratch my um, skin because yeah, I was going to scratch yeah. my skin like a druggie um, oh <laughs> so she said we're going to transfer you um, and Wellington have accepted your care so um, everything's sorted we're going to discharge you you can go down and wait with um, with Mason um, and you'll go with the flight team I was like, oh, okay, you know, like, that's great. Um, so I called my husband. I said, hey, um, pack your bags um, and head down to Wellington in the morning because we're getting transferred to Wellington. Um, they think he might need um, a transfusion. So he was saying, oh, mm. uh, you know, okay, cool, cool. Um, oh, do you want me to come back? And I said, well, no, it's all right. You just get some sleep because you've got, you know, you need to drive in the morning. Um, yeah. So it got to one thirty in the morning <laughs> and we were still waiting. And they ended up, um, they arrived and mm -hmm. um, I was still in my hospital gown and because um, I, I had nothing <laughs> yeah. on me. Yeah. Like, hey, you're going yeah. to Wellington. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and my dressing gown on. And the nurse was awful, the flight nurse. Yeah. Um, they were arguing in front of me um, with the um, neonatal staff. Um, she was saying that it was 48 hours post C-section to fly. So she yeah. wouldn't fly, fly me with him. Yeah. And I said, that's not the, that's not the deal. You know, yeah. this is why I got my parents to come. You know, we didn't want him to be by himself. Um, mm -hmm. And she said, oh, well, um, are you saying you don't want me to take him? I said, well, no, if he needs to go, then he needs to go. But I was told. But I'm not, not going with him. And that I yeah. can come with him, you know. Uh, oh well um so there yeah she was arguing she's saying if anything happens to him well, that's on you she was just the most awful human being um so how how long after birth was this the next day like night so like sunday night so like sunday night right yeah yeah so, so she was basically 48 hours anyway yeah so she's saying 48 hours and um the and then Palmy was saying no it's 24 I don't know we have got mm. that and then Palmy were also saying because I had been um my care had been transferred you know accepted as a transfer that Wellington should have sent a nurse up for me also yeah <laughs> and then she was saying if anything happened to me in the air that she would only save um, my baby and she wouldn't be able to save me yeah she I have it all written in this book because why um, would you say that it ended up being like and obviously i'm super distraught i haven't even held yeah. my baby yet and you're now yeah. telling me you're going to take him away yeah in the middle of and the it's night. not like it's just going down to the unit it's to another freaking city yeah <laughs> and <sighs> um there was one really really lovely nurse um at palmy and she wheeled me away and mm -hmm. she said, I don't think that you, I think this is so unprofessional. And mm. this conversation, A, shouldn't be happening in front of mm. you. And B, also, mm. she shouldn't be saying the things that she's saying. And yeah. she said, you need to call your husband. And I said, if I call my husband right now, he he's is going to come in here and he is going to rip strips off you. <laughs> you, do, you do not want my husband to be coming here right now. He is like, he is a big six foot two moldy guy. You do not want him in here. <laughs> He is going to go off. <laughs> this is not what you want. She's like, are you sure? You know, this is a really big thing that's happening right now. You know, um, you, you need to call him. You know, you need some support. And I was like, 
there's no way in hell I'm calling him right now. He is asleep. <laughs> I'm not going to call him and get him to cut travel back here to sort mm. this out. And we'd also asked him if they, if I did call him, would um, they wait for him to come, you know, for him to come so he yeah. could go down with them. And she said, no, yeah. the flight nurse was like, no, we're not going to wait for him. And then she was also saying stuff like, uh, oh, you know, I'm, um, I've been called in from Kapiti Coast to um, do this. Blah, blah. I'm like, well, that's your job. You're complaining yeah. to have been called at, uh, called in the middle of the night. Is that not your job? Like, like You're not doing me a favour. This is what you're paid for. And that's the way she was making a sp- me feel. I was just like, what is going on? It was honestly like the weirdest experience and, and traumatic. It was awful. Did like, you, Did you get her details so you could complain to someone? Yeah, that's yeah. we ended up having to have a big meeting with the hospital and stuff about everything that had happened. Good. Yeah, it was not was not a good situation so they um they ended up taking him Mm -hmm. and um yeah it wasn't it wasn't very nice I was very 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 upset screaming that they were taking my baby and Mm. um I hadn't even held him I said I haven't even held him like Mm. I only got to touch his little hand you know and then she was like oh would you just want to hold him then and I was like I don't want this to be like but I'm like so distraught. I want this to be the first yeah. time I need to hold my baby. That's supposed to be like a really joyous experience. Yeah. And right, right now, so she sort of just like plopped him in my lap and was like, okay, we have to go now. Like put him in the, <laughs> yeah, put him in the little travel cot thing that they go in and off they went yeah. out the um, door. And then they, um, they took me back up to the maternity ward and all of the nurses were like, "What? what's going on? So mm-hmm. then they put me in a room, said, you just wait here. I'm going to go and I'll go and talk and tell them what's happened. And then yeah. every single one that was on the ward that night came in and just gave me the biggest hug. Aww. All of them were just like, I can't believe this has happened. I am so yeah. sorry that this is what's happened. Yeah. Like, um, and there was one doctor that I'd been seeing throughout and she was on that night yeah. um, through all my specialist appointments and stuff. And um, I said, can you go get her? You know, like I, mm. I felt like she was the one person that I could talk to at the time. And so she came in and she said, you need to get some sleep. And I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to sleep right now. Like, yeah. So I've just she, taken my baby. Yeah. Um, and so she gave me, she went and got me a sleeping pill and was like, you need to rest because you've just been yeah. through a surgery. You, you have to, I said, I'm not going to be able to sleep, not going to be able to sleep. So I sort of just mm. managed to calm myself a little bit and just mm. lay there, but I didn't actually sleep. Um, this whole time I hadn't pumped either. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. um, uh, by the morning came and um, they sent me, an ambulance, a nice mm-hmm. bumpy ambulance to go down to Wellington in with just a driver. Amazing. But no After one all there, that. But no one there for me, which is the reason they didn't <laughs> take me the night beforehand what in case hell? something happened to me. So had anything happened to me in the ambulance. Yeah, what's the difference between an ambulance? There. You would so think they'd the be more likely to... Going X amount of hours beforehand to going in the ambulance the next morning by myself you think they'd be more likely to take you on the flight because it's going to be a lot quicker if something does happen <laughs> backwards it was just just everything that was happening was just unbelievable I was like I cannot believe yeah. this is happening right now yeah I finally got to Wellington and then 
um I said to the driver you I need you to take me straight to Niku like I need I need to see him so she wheeled mm. me straight there and I got to see him and they're like oh you the mum and I said yeah um my husband <laughs> no no I'm just some lady on the street <laughs> you know yeah I'm a random looking at this baby <laughs> um and then they wheeled me around to um the ward in one of the pods there and yeah. um and one of the nurses came in and she said have you pumped and I said no and she and she said let me let me look let me look you know I need to look um so she looked at my breasts and they were so engorged it was mm. insane mm. so she went and got me a pump and she went and got another midwife and they milked yeah. me <laughs> the two of them so I had one on each side and then they were milking me to get all the milk out because yeah. I was insanely engorged it was yeah. there was so much milk and I ended up having a massive oversupply as well mm. um so much so that I fed four other babies in Niku as well amazing. as Tim. yeah so um I sort of once once we were there and we were settled in and uh, my husband was put up, um, up in Ronald McDonald house across the road Good. yeah um and they called him he had the nickname the sugar baby there because he <laughs> just needed the sugar they just could not wean him down every time they tried to wean him down to a lower percentage he would just yeah. um have a massive um hypo and they'd have to up him again so yeah um they're feeding him uh, my milk through a tube um yeah and sort of they were sort of like yeah you're not gonna really leave here until we can get him weaned off was he still um, jaundice or on any oxygen or anything? Um, no oxygen, um, just, yeah, he was still jaundice. And then when mm. we got to Wellington, they said that they didn't think he needed a blood transfusion. Are you joking? <laughs> Which was the After whole reason that, that they had taken us down there to start with. So yeah. we ended up being in Wellington for 11 days and I was discharged. Um, so we stayed in Ronald McDonald House for um, a few more days. Mm -hmm. until um we got transferred back to palmy which we actually didn't want we didn't want to go back to palmy we were um pretty upset about what had happened and felt like the care the care that we were getting in wellington was so much better than the care that we had been receiving in palmy um i called my midwife and so she um spoke to the social worker and everything to make sure that there were things in place for when we got back yeah um and once we got back to um palmy um i was still pumping and we were trying to get him to have bottles um because he was too little and just was not getting breastfeeding whatsoever Mm. and so um i had the um lactation consultant come and she said well you need to get him onto the bottle you know he needs to be having a bottle for um he's my a full bottle before they yeah. so they went topping him up yeah and so we'd go the whole day and he um will have been having his bottles would just be persevering to try and get him to have the whole amount and um when we were back he was having um like additive i think it was called polycal in his milk so it had like we called it his special protein um, powder. <laughs> so he would go into my milk, and that would that would keep his um, sugar levels okay. 
Yeah. Um, so every single mill had to be, he had to have every single mill that they yeah. had said he needed. Um, and so we'd do that for the whole day and then we'd get to the um, night and then the night nurses wouldn't persevere. So then they'd top him up with this mm. tube. So then 24 hours would reset. Mm. So here they are saying, you need to go to sleep. You need to, mm. you need to have a um, rest and that. But then I would have a rest and then they would just top him up with this tube, which then meant and go back it would restart all over again. So I just stayed up. I was like, no, I'm getting out of here. I was already mm. in hospital for X amount of weeks beforehand. It was now like three and a half weeks um, since he was born, us being in hospital and then Palmy um mm-hmm. again um so i was like no so i just stayed up all night to get him to have it and the lactation consultant came in and she said oh um you know we're not gonna sign you off to go home until he's breastfeeding are you joking um, oh, she, oh, i think she said i think it's really important for, you know we think it's really important for you that he's breastfeeding i was like no he's having the full bottles we'll just keep doing what we're doing yeah. um and she said, well, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'll pump for him. You know, mm. I'm doing it now. I'll just keep doing it. I, I have plenty of supply, you know, like he takes the bottle, he's taking the bottle, fine. Um, yeah. And she said, oh, um, well, pumping full time like that isn't sustainable. And so I was like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to show you because <laughs> no one tells me that I can't do something. <laughs> I was the like, one okay. thing to get a mame is you tell them they can't do something and they're like, yeah. Watch I'm me. like, well, so how about that? Because I am gonna do it. And we we ended up going in. Um, I think he was 14 months. Um, oh, we went in for a visit. Um, and she, uh, she was in the unit at the time, and so I had great pleasure in telling her that he was now 14 months, and I was still pumping for him every four <laughs> hours around the clock, and I was also feeding four other babies. What was their reaction? Oh, wow. oh, wow. Good on you. Like, <laughs> oh, I have to do it. <laughs> and then, um, then we still had sugar issues with him. So he ended up, um, they ended up calling up Starship to ask them what to do. Uh, yeah. And he ended up being on a um, medication called diazoxide, um, which is actually a altitude um, medication. Um, mm. for high altitudes but it um so like hikers and stuff do it when they're gonna go yeah. <laughs> up big yeah. mountains but it also one of the side effects of it is that um it like tricks your body and um to stop it from making as much insulin yeah so um he was on that for four months and it only had a one week shelf life so um, once we were discharged, um, he was having that every day. We had to give it to him twice a day um, and we'd have to wake up in the middle of the night to give him another dose. Fantastic. Um, and we, the hospital had to especially make it up for us. So yeah. we would collect it from the hospital pharmacy right down the back yeah. of this dingy, look, look like a time, you're going through a time zone. It was like... <sighs> you just stepped into the 1970s that back at the back part of this hospital where it was <laughs> we'd go and collect it and then um bring it home and um until he until his weight got up enough that she's saying well he's on the same dose but he's like double the weight that he was when he first started it so i think that we can 
stop having it now and they did yeah. it they um did a few um sugar test you know blood sugar tests and yeah, it yeah. was fine so um then he was finally able to be off it <laughs> yay yeah so um it was just a very crazy time yeah i can imagine <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so he never was like he never had actually been diagnosed with diabetes or anything it was just he had just blood sugar issues yeah just complications from me having um gestational diabetes that was not well controlled yeah Mm. and when when i was in hospital um admitted um they brought around we called you know the registrars the baby doctors they bring all Mm. the baby doctors around and and they'd say to them just because the books say that if someone has gestational diabetes they have a big baby it doesn't always it doesn't always work out that way it can actually also have a small baby because here is this woman and look at her baby in the scans like he's tiny but she has it like (laughs) so do they think that he was iugr because of your gd um they random? they sent his cord away to be um in placenta to be tested mm-hmm. but it came back like inconclusive so they're not sure mm. entirely Just why he was tiny yeah because then my second pregnancy i still had gestational diabetes with her but she Fantastic. was um, she was like eight pounds so she wow. was yeah <laughs> so she was full term um we had her at 38 weeks um because yeah. of my um diabetes again we couldn't um keep it under control and then we had her on a sunday so both my babies were born on the weekends <laughs> so were mine yeah my twins you know were born when they're the really sun- low staffed at the hospital <laughs> my twins were born sunday afternoon and angus my singleton was born on saturday morning crazy and then um with her um i you're not allowed to eat anything because you're going to go in yeah. for surgery but if I'm not eating anything, my um, lo- levels yeah. <laughs> aren't good. So they had me like hooked up to a drip, which was just sugar, just keeping my level. And they had heaps of emergencies that weekend. It was a not good, a good weekend in Palmy. <laughs> so I was like waiting, waiting, waiting to go in. And we didn't end up having her until like 2.30 in the afternoon. So I'd been prepped for surgery mm-hmm. at like 6. I was just waiting. Yeah to go in so we got pushed out until 2 30 finally there was a uh, they only had one theater room open amazing yeah, yeah until just what that, you need that, yeah until that one was free so but with with her you didn't have any nicku time or anything just no, straight was, home no um we had her and um i'd said to, i had the same midwife again because she knew what had happened i was like there's too much for me to explain to another person what had happened yeah um yeah. i had her again and i said i want her to come back with me like we need to feed her up straight away so when we came out of um out of surgery and in recovery i i got I had her in my arms <laughs> this big smile on my face it's just like yeah. oh like this is my baby um and when we got there i'd also been antenatally expressing again yeah. and um she said do you want to try breastfeed and recovery or do you you just want me to like shall we just do it shall we just give her some give it to her and she was so hungry she was so ready for it and i was like give her as much as you can i do not want her to have a low blood a low blood sugar yeah. because if she has low blood yeah. sugar we've got to go to ne- neonates and i do not want to go to neonates again just give it to her just do it right now yeah, yeah, she had yeah. like a whole 20 mils straight away and then they did the test and she was fine so she got to come back up to the room with me and it was just a totally different experience 
And then when we were able to walk out like two days later out of the <laughs> hospital with her, my husband and I looked at each other and elevated and we're like, this feels illegal. Like just actually feels it's illegal. So weird. Eh? <laughs> like we're allowed to take our baby home right now. And like, we're allowed to, to touch her whenever we wanted or pull yes. her out of her pot whenever we wanted without asking for permission to like touch them or do anything and- to her. Until, like, obviously for people that have only had, like, full-term healthy babies, it's just like, but if you've had a baby in there, oh, my God, it's the weirdest thing to be able so to just weird. take your baby home without having like, to, like, like sign anything. Like, is someone going to, like, come and stop us in the hallway? Like, it was just such a weird feeling. We both sort of, like, looked at each other like, we're actually taking our baby home, like, two days after <laughs> we've had her. Like, when, when we had Angus, um... I forgot to change his nappy for like the whole day because obviously with the twins, I was so used to the nurses either doing it or doing telling it. me I had to do it. Yeah. It's so he like, went, like it though. He was born at quarter to five in the morning and I don't think I changed his nappy other than the one he had on after birth until like three in the afternoon because I was just like, shit, I need to do that. But then also <laughs> my husband freaked out when she had like her first like poo at Yes. Home. Because it was like a meconium poo, and we'd never seen that because we weren't changing his no. nappy in, yeah. in NICU. So when she, he was like, "Whoa, was this like normal?" Like, yeah, so weird. Did you, did you breastfeed her or did you pump for her again? Um, so I had s- still another massive oversupply. <laughs> yeah. Um, with her, so um, and I was I had so much that I'd have to pump first and yeah. let off some, and then I was able to breastfeed her, and I'm still breastfeeding her now, and she's two. Um, that's so cool. Yeah, next month. So um, that's been a really cool experience too because it's, um, it's very just, healing, eh? Yeah, it's really cool, and um, and she just took to it straight away. Like I didn't mm. need a lactation consultant or anything. Mm. Like she literally just jumped straight on the minute we got up to the room and just fed and fed and fed and was just mm. sweet. Like yeah, yeah. Because like even with Mace, we thought he um he did have a tongue tie, so we did get it cut and we thought oh you know like maybe he'll this get will be it. Yeah. yeah, maybe he'll get it now. You know, like maybe he'll be yeah. good. But he just never got it. And he was just so tiny. It's so tiring mm. for them when they're that little. Yeah, they just yeah. don't have the actual energy to breastfeed. And he was yeah. so used to it, um, going straight into his tummy, that he he was like no, not having to work like, for it. Enough, I'm having to work for it. Like he'd get so worked up that I just wouldn't even be yeah. able to get him to latch. So, yeah. um, and then f- so for her, um there's a milk bank in Palmy. Yeah. Um, and I already had a, a hun, uh, probably 10 liters yeah. in the first two weeks. And I said to, wow. um, I said to my midwife, um, Hey, I've got all this milk and it needs to go somewhere. They yeah. normally don't let people, um, donate in the early days you know because you're still establishing breastfeeding that and mm. um my midwife knew from having <laughs> mason that i had a lot of milk because i'd fed mm. all these other babies um so i have um i pumped um i still pumped for 19 months every four hours around the clock and this time i have a tally so um i 
in 19 months they even gave me a certificate <laughs> it's um seven seven hundred and seventy liters of donut I holy shit that's yeah, amazing while, yeah while also breastfeeding her full time <gasps> that's incredible yeah so it um, must be so, like I donated I think I probably donated about nearly 30 liters with Angus but with the twins, I'd had donor milk. So to be able to donate was like the best feeling ever. So, so I can only imagine way. how much it would have meant to you. My, that is my so midwife, cool. Congratulations. My midwife saying to me, she'd always joke, say, oh, you're simultaneously feeding the entire um, neonatal unit. At the moment. You probably were. <laughs> they, um, I had so much that the milk bank had to go and buy another freezer and another pasteurizing machine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so That's I was making I was making milk faster than they could pasteurize it because it takes X yeah. amount of hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've had you've had two very different experiences. Very, yeah. But how good is it to have that full term baby after you have the prem Niku baby? It's like Such a honestly the experience. best feeling. Yeah. Yeah just been able did to you, hold her did you find so, that you had like a different bonding experience yeah definitely I I think with her um with him it was really hard and then also because what it what had happened um with him mm. being taken away I had like really bad se- separation anxiety because yeah I was just afraid that like he was going to be taken away again like obviously it wasn't yeah. going to happen again but that moment was just constantly playing through my mind even when I was like mm-hmm. lying in bed and stuff I'd just be going over it and over and over and it just it just never stopped for a really long yeah. time and this this so lucky that I was a strong person because um that could have easily broken anyone mm-hmm. you know yeah. like it's yeah, yeah it sounds horrific especially mm. the way you were also treated like not even just the situation but the way you were treated and the way you were spoken to yeah so we ended up making like a formal complaint to um good to life flight um about it and um i got a generic apology and i said this doesn't really mean anything and they saw what he said it would mean something if it was coming from her because it was her that day that was awful this is just your generic like oh you know we're covering you experienced this covering their bases yeah yeah Mm. well thank you so much for um for chatting and for sharing sharing your stories it was so lovely to talk to you it was nice to talk to you too thank you (laughs) so yeah that was ashley hope's story she um or stories she yeah had two very different um birthing experiences well not birthing experiences but postpartum experiences um and until you've had a baby that hasn't needed to go into a unit after having had that you just you can't understand how like not therapeutic but just how how different it is um and how amazing it is I remember after I had Angus the doctor came around to discharge us or me to go to the birth unit and he like asked me how I was going and made sure I was okay and blah 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 and I was like yeah I'm all good like I've done all the things I need to and he was like okay cool I'll go write out your discharge papers and he walked away and then he came back and he was like oh um did you have any questions about the baby and I was like no and he was like okay cool 
he didn't even look at him. <laughs> he didn't do anything. And after having been in NICU with the twins and having to like literally jump through hoops to get them to be discharged, it was just unfathomable. Um, but yeah, so I hope you enjoyed listening. Um, I hope you're as gobsmacked as I am about the amount of milk Ashley Hope donated because that's honestly freaking freaking incredible. Um, and my hat goes off to her because that is, yeah, phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you enjoyed listening. And I will chat to you soon. Bye.